Hey there, welcome back to my podcast called My Comfort Show, Gilmore Girls Tea and Inspired Recipes, where each week I chat about the TV show Gilmore Girls and I cook recipes that were inspired by each episode. My name is Mia and this is our ninth episode together, which is crazy. I've been looking at the list of episodes that I've done and like every time I I scroll through on Spotify and see all the posts that I did for each episode, it looks like a lot. I feel like I have to scroll quite a bit. So it feels really good that I'm, um, that I have a lot of, uh, episodes out there and that it's just steadily growing from here. So, um, I can't wait to just keep doing this and keep growing. But thank you, as always, for sticking with me and um, for following me on my Instagram and all of that. It's been really fun. Today, we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 9, called Rory's Dance. And it aired on December 20th, 2000. Um, And if those of you (laughs) who are kind of interested in this um, sort of thing... It was directed by Leslie Linka Gladder, who also directed the pilot. And um, she hasn't directed any of the episodes since the pilot. So this is the um, the second episode of hers that we've seen so far. And I feel like the pilot was really, really strong. And um, I was listening to a couple of other podcasts about other TV shows and things like that. And, um, and even when I'm watching TV and I'm, I see her name pop up all the time and, um, she's directed a lot of things, especially pilots and especially very strong episodes of TV shows. So I think that's really cool. And I can see that she directed a few other Gilmore Girls episodes down the line. So that's really exciting to see that. Um, and then, this episode was written by the creator, Amy Sherman Palladino, which um, I feel like I usually don't think about these things when I'm watching a TV show. It's um, the director and the writer, um, at least when it comes to TV, they don't really uh, have as large of a presence in my mind. And um, they go underappreciated, I think. Um, and I think throughout the process of recording this podcast and talking about each episode and thinking about which ones I've really liked so far, which ones I thought um, were really strong and uh, had a, a good impact on me versus which ones felt a little bit more like the characters were acting out of their natural character or it didn't really fit. Um, And I think that really comes down to the writer and how familiar they are with the world and who the characters really are. So I feel pretty comfortable and assured that Rory's dance is, um, is going to be a very strong episode. And at least that's how I was feeling before I watched it. And I can say I, I really agree with that. I think I was, um, my expectations were definitely met. Um, I, I, before I get into the plot, I feel like it's kind of weird because the only thing that I felt a little bit unsure and shaky about with the characters in this episode was, um, just, Dean as a character, I guess. Um, This is the first episode that we've seen so far, or at least that I've watched so far, where I, it totally changed the way I thought about Dean. And it really had me just stopping to think for a moment and wonder whether he's actually a good guy. I I don't know. There was nothing really, um, huge that informs why he's a bad person or anything like that, or why he's a bad boyfriend or something. Um, Although I can point my finger on one thing, which I'll talk about later, that 
um, out of all the instances this episode and previous episodes where I really felt like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about him now. Um, so I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's foreshadowing as to maybe uh, he won't actually turn out to be such a good boyfriend or such a good guy. I don't know. Or maybe they just decided to flesh out his character more. And um, I guess when you learn more about a character, maybe um, these things sort of come up. So, um, and the other thing was, well, okay. The other thing I'll talk about later when we get to it, but those are the thoughts that I have going in. And with that said, I think I would love to get into the recipe of the week. So when I watched this episode for the first time, the image of Emily Gilmore taking a bite out of the mashed banana on toast just really stuck with me. (laughs) And I just, I love seeing her reaction to how disgusting it tastes to her, which I don't know about you all, but I don't think it would taste that bad. I haven't actually tried making it myself, so maybe I should wait until I really try it. But um, I don't know. I think it would taste fine. I definitely wouldn't have such a dramatic reaction as she did, but I thought it was really funny to see that. So because that image was stuck in my mind, I decided to put my own twist on it and make it a little more delicious and indulgent, I guess. So um, I thought bananas, toast, bread, why don't I just make banana bread? And it just so happened that my mom was also kind of craving banana bread and she just asked me if I wanted to make some and everything just clicked and it made perfect sense for this week's episode. Um, And not to mention, I feel like every time I have bananas that are kind of getting ripe it's like past the point where you would want to eat them (laughs) so I just kind of say "Mm, I'll just make banana bread in a few days and everything will be fine so it's the perfect way to just um to just uh use those old bananas and um and the bananas that are a bit mushy because actually the darker they are the sweeter they are and the mushier they are. So not only will the texture be good and like really moist, I know people hate that word, (laughs) but I love eating moist banana bread. (laughs) And, and of course, because it's sweeter, it'll taste better. Um, and one thing that I did was I use honey. So I, will share in the podcast notes. And I also shared this on Instagram already, but I put the recipe there and um, it was adapted from a recipe that I found online, but I replaced the sugar with honey. And I also reduced the amount a little bit just because that's kind of what I like. And because my bananas were pretty dark, so they were already very sweet and all of that. So I think the honey actually gave it an extra layer of flavor where um, uh, like as soon as I smelled the banana bread, you know, when you just take it out of the oven or, um, or if you um, cut a piece or something and you just kind of get a whiff of how it smells, it smells so good. Um, The first thing that hits my nose is the honey. And I just love the smell and taste of honey. And um, I think it tastes more interesting than just plain white sugar. So that's something that I would like to try more in the future as well. So I think that added something nice to it. Um, and then I also shared this on my Instagram, but I love putting peanut butter on banana bread. And I would love to know what you all like to eat with your banana bread. Um, whether you just eat it plain or uh, if you like to put 
I don't know, maybe more honey or butter or peanut butter, whatever it is. I'm really curious. So I will share the recipe in the podcast notes and it's already on Instagram. So those are the places where you can find it. And as always, if you have your own recipes that were inspired by the episode and you want to share them, you can always email me at mycomfortshow at gmail.com because I would love to see them. And, um, or if you tried the mashed banana on toast, then I would love to know how that tastes as well. (laughs) All right. So where did we leave off last time? So last week there was a big snowstorm. If you remember, that was the I smell snow episode. And also Max slept over at the Gilmore's home. And that's the other thing with TV shows. That's a little bit frustrating. Not, I don't know, maybe frustrating, but um, something that I see happening a lot is in one episode, it'll be all about one character, like how last week it was really centered on Max and Lorelai. And in this week, we don't see Max at all. So it's just kind of a rotation through a bunch of different characters. Or um, like some weeks, we just don't see Dean at all. And I wonder whether they're still together if they just totally drop the (laughs) storyline. I don't know. But I think at this point I have faith that they're just doing a regular rotation of characters just to kind of keep it interesting and, and focus on different people every week. But yeah, that's pretty much what happened last week. And um, now that we've covered that, why don't we get right into this week's episode, Rory's dance. So now that we've covered that, why don't we just get right into this week's episode, Rory's Dance. So we open on the weekly dinner at Emily Gilmore's home and Richard, she explains that Richard is in Prague right now. And I feel like this has happened many episodes by now where Richard is just not there Um, and they make some kind of excuse like he's on a business trip or something like that. I don't really know why that is. I don't know if it's maybe because the actor had other stuff to work on. I'm not sure. Um, But of course, Emily is a more central, important character than Richard is, and especially for this episode because um, um, there's a a big scene with Lorelai, of course. Um, But I think it is kind of weird that they just don't have him at the dinner at all. Um, But anyway, I don't know. If if anyone knows why that is, I would love to know. (laughs) So... Emily is talking about how there's a winter formal at Chilton the following week, and she read all about it in the Chilton newsletter. Not to mention that Emily is also giving donations to the school on Rory's behalf. And it's very clear that Lorelai just doesn't even get the newsletter. She doesn't read it. Um, She's just not involved in Rory's school life, whereas Emily really wants to be much more hands-on and Emily, I mean, I can tell that Emily takes a lot of joy in um, being involved in Rory's uh, school, but she also is, um, I think she resents Lorelai as well um, for not maybe taking better care of her daughter, at least in her eyes, that's how she sees it. And um, Rory says that she doesn't want to go to the dance um, or the dance or the formal or whatever you want to call it. We'll just call it a dance, I guess. Um, So Rory doesn't want to go. And Emily basically thinks that Lorelai had something to do with the, um, had something to do with why Rory doesn't want to go. And um, turns out it's 
the opposite. I think Lorelai literally didn't know that a winter formal was happening and that's why she didn't, um, that's why she had no idea Rory didn't want to go. And they do end up talking about it on the drive back home um, where Rory just explains that she's never actually been to a dance before. And so it seems like she doesn't want to go just because she's afraid and she's afraid of what people think of her. Um, she's afraid of um, maybe Dean saying no if she asked him to go with her and she doesn't want people to judge her and she doesn't have a dress. So all these things that are very valid concerns for sure. And I think we've all had those moments where we get invited or we have an opportunity to go um, do something that's a little out of our comfort zone. And um, sometimes you have like those moments of doubt where you're wondering whether you should go at all or if you should risk it and um, see if maybe you'll actually have a good time. So I think in those situations, it's always better to go instead of not go. I mean, the worst thing that would happen is um, she can just leave if she's not having a good time. And at least Dean would be there with her, um, assuming he says yes, which we'll get to that later in the episode. But, um, and that's pretty much what Lorelai says to Rory. She says, you shouldn't miss out on an experience because you're too afraid. And, um, and on top of that, she also says she promises to make a dress for Rory and, um, that really convinces Rory to actually go to the dance and see how it goes. So the next day, Rory is talking to Lane and she's explaining how she wants to ask Dean to go to the dance with her. Um, and I think this is where we as viewers realize that, um, part of why she's so nervous is because she actually doesn't know if Dean is her official boyfriend. And, um, I think, I don't know. I, I guess when I was watching, I just assumed that they were official boyfriend, girlfriend, but, um, I guess it depends on whether you want to define those things or not. I, I don't know. So I guess I just assume that they did, but it seems like Rory, it really matters to Rory. And I think that's, um, I would too, like I would care a lot whether, um, like how you would define a certain relationship and, um, they obviously care a lot about each other. So, um, I definitely wasn't nervous for her or anything. Cause I had a feeling things would go pretty well. And, um, and so it didn't like, I didn't have any doubts about that. They, they actually make a golden girls reference, which I love golden girls. I've been watching a lot of it recently. Um, especially with my mom lane says, well, okay, if he's not your boyfriend, then what is he? And Rory says, he's my gentleman caller, <laughs> which is so old fashioned and so weird. <laughs> but then Lane says, okay, Blanche, I have to say, I think she is my favorite character on Golden Girls, even though it's really hard to choose. I feel like I think about this a lot where <laughs> I try to figure out which one is my favorite. But in terms of who I uh, find myself smiling or laughing about the most, when I'm watching the show, it's usually Blanche. Um, so yeah, it's just a really great show. So if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it's on Hulu. <laughs> so that really made me smile. And then getting back to Lane, it seems like Lane is really, um, she really knows a lot about the traditional stages of relationships and, um, the, I have to say, um, this maybe is something that made me a bit sad or upset, um, is just how I think she's, uh, she, Rory said something like, 
how do you know all these things about relationships? Like, where do you learn this stuff? And Lane says, those who can't do teach or something like that. And I don't know. I have a lot of hope for her. And as I was saying last week, I really related to her a lot last week. Um, I think she, she deserves a lot. And especially um, like watching this show in a 2022 kind of lens. Um, it's interesting that she's one of the few non-white characters on the show. And um, I always just get a little bit nervous every time this show gives her a storyline and then kind of drops it, like when she has a crush or gives her the embarrassing moments or, um, or yeah, or like doesn't give her romantic storyline. I really hope she gets something. Um, I'm not going to give up hope just yet. And so, yeah, I'd love to know what you all think about that. So then Rory gets inspired and she decides to take the first step. So she goes into Dosi's market and she basically just asks him to the dance. Um, she doesn't ask him about whether he's her boyfriend yet, which I thought was a little confusing. I thought she was going to march in there and ask him if their boyfriend girlfriend because it seemed like that's what the conversation with lane was all about but no she takes a smaller step than that which is good i think that's the right thing to do and she asks him to the dance she says there's this thing at my school and you dance and then there's chicken <laughs> and um and rory also says uh well she seemed really nervous in this scene and she seemed really eager to just do whatever he wanted to do. And um, I just feel like this was also very relatable, but also something that I hope I um, like this felt very relatable, what she's doing, where she says, if you wanted to go, I would go too. Or do you want to go? Because I don't really know if I want to go. But if you did, then I would, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but because deep down, we know she does want to go because her mom is going out of her way to make the dress for her and all of this stuff. So she's already kind of invested in it. And um, but she's ready to just throw it all away if Dean says no. Um, which makes me kind of sad and it's sad because I've definitely done that kind of thing at some point. Um, but if you want to go girl, then go. <laughs> so Dean says that he's never been to a dance before either. And that's why he's a little bit, um, reluctant and he, he, yeah, he doesn't seem like he's the type of person to go to these things. Um, but he does realize how much Rory does actually want to go. Um, even if she's not making it super obvious, but, um, I think, yeah, uh, he does eventually figure out that she wants to go and he's, um, he's up for it. So then speaking about the dress, Lorelai is working really hard on the dress back at home and Suki comes over to bring her a bunch of pills for a, her back ache. I, I might've missed it, but I assume Lorelai um, just got really sore from working really hard on the dress or something like that, um, where she's basically just forced to sit on the couch and she can't even move. Lorelai gets a call from Emily, who is really upset that Rory doesn't want to go to the dance. So it's clear that Lorelai hasn't updated Emily on the situation. Um, but this is where she does that. And she says that Rory's actually going to the dance. And um, she says, I'm going to make the, her dress for her. And poor Emily is feeling so much FOMO. <laughs> because um, I, I'm laughing now, but I really did. My heart broke a little bit for her because as soon as she found out that Lorelai is going to make a beautiful dress for her and um, Rory's 
going to look so good and she's going to have a wonderful time. And Emily is just so excited, but she's also kind of keeping her distance because she wasn't officially like invited over yet. Um, so she says, I want a bunch of photos. I want one um, on the staircase. She has to be coming down a staircase, one in the living room, one in the doorway, like all these things. And she just wants some way of commemorating it. And, um, and she assumes that she's not going to be there in person because Lorelai hasn't invited her, but um, Lorelai does end up inviting her, which is really good. And you can tell she's really happy about that. So then in the next scene, Paris is selling tickets to the winter formal. Um, they're at school and there's just a really long line um, lining up in front of this table where Paris is sitting and um, everybody has to buy their tickets. And Rory is waiting in line. I think she's reading a book. She's just minding her own business and of course, because now we know that Dean wants to go with her, uh, she has to buy two tickets. And Tristan actually comes by and expresses interest in the guy that Rory is going with. And um, he says he must be cheap because Rory is the one buying the tickets, uh, <laughs> which I think, I mean, I think that Rory is just buying the tickets because Dean doesn't live in Hartford. <laughs> so it's not, it's not a bad thing. Um, but then Tristan says he wants to go with her, which is kind of crazy, but it's not completely out of line because I'm pretty sure at her birthday party, he said something like, I'm in love with you. <laughs> um, so he still hasn't dropped that, but Rory of course declines and um, they, yeah, Rory is just really not interested at all, barely wants to talk to him at all. And once Rory ends up moving to the front of the line, um, and she starts talking to Paris, who's helping her, um, get, get changed for her money and all of that, um, they end up I think Paris is in a really bad mood and this is a weird continuity thing. I think because the last time we had a scene between Paris and Rory, they seemed to be starting a friendship. I think it was the birthday party episode because it was the scene, you know, there were some little scenes here and there where Paris showed up to the party, and um, then I think later that episode, Paris and Rory, they were at the Harvard booth at the college fair, and they were talking about how they were both applying to Harvard, and then Paris said something like, do you like Tristan? Um, and Paris also said, I think, what did she say? She said, good party, and things like that. So I thought they were starting some kind of a friendship and they seemed like they were on fairly good terms, but I guess now they're back to their old ways or at least Paris is where, um, yeah, Paris is just really angry. I think because she might have caught sight of Tristan kind of hitting on Rory or talking to her. And we're gonna see a lot more of Paris later this episode, so. Um, that will be interesting. Um, so now it's the evening of the dance and Rory tries on the dress. I thought it was actually really pretty. I thought her hair was really pretty too. Um, she did an updo and well, Lorelai did this for her. Um, it was an updo and then there were like little um, I was reading on a blog, I think they're baby's breath flowers, those tiny little white flowers, tiny, tiny, they look like pearls and they were in her hair. Um, and I thought she looked really pretty. She looked kind of old fashioned, like, um, it was very much like a fit and flare kind of gown. <laughs> um, and I think seeing the other girls dresses at the dance, she, um, Rory looked 
uh, a bit outdated and a bit more old fashioned. Um, not that she looked bad because of it, but I guess what I'm saying is she looked better standing alone. Um, but once you see her in the context of, I don't know what you would call it, like Y2K fashion, <laughs> it, it definitely looked a little bit like a sore thumb, <laughs> but on its own, it looked great. And it's so funny because I was, as I said, I was reading a blog about this episode and um, there was a whole comment thread by seamstresses or at least by people who make dresses as a hobby. And they were just completely bashing on the dress and talking about how it looked ill-fitting and Lorelai did a really bad job. But then um, people were also saying that maybe that was on purpose because Lorelai put this dress together in, I don't know, 24 hours, 36 hours. So it's not going to be perfect. And so it looks a little more like homemade and I can see why they would want it to look that way. But I thought that was a cool uh, detail. But Suki and Emily come over to help out and celebrate before the dance. And Suki has a really bad hairspray accident um, where I think she got hairspray in her eye. It was just very bad. And Emily is over there. She's taking a bunch of pictures. And um, Emily calls for Rory to come out from the kitchen so she can take out pictures. And Rory comes out with a napkin tucked into her dress. And yeah. She was just being herself. Now, the honking moment. This gives me a lot of pain. And this is the second time I watched this episode in my lifetime. And I felt just as much pain as I felt watching it for the second time. What did you all think of this? Because um, I felt like it really just, this was the first moment this episode, well, I don't know. I was a little bit unsettled with how um, Dean like accepted Rory's invitation earlier. I thought he was a little bit less enthusiastic than I would have wanted him to be. But this moment here, the honking moment, I'll call it, is the second moment where I'm just a little bit worried for their relationship. And um, I guess just whether it would work out, it just feels like um, it feels like I'm being led towards a red herring or some kind of, um, or maybe not a red herring, maybe some kind of clue or foreshadowing as to, um, their relationship not working out or something like that. But, um, yeah, basically what happens is Emily, Lorelai, and Rory are at home and, as I was talking about, they're all getting ready. Like Rory is pretty much ready to go and ready to leave. And the last thing they need to do is Dean needs to come over and pick her up. So Dean arrives in his car and he honks. He arrives and he just waits in his car and he honks a few times. <laughs> and Emily gets so pissed off. I mean, she, she, it's not really that she's pissed off at Dean. Maybe that's not the right word. She is very stubborn. I'll put it that way. She's really stubborn. She says if he's picking her up and bringing her to a dance, he needs to do the chivalrous thing of walking up to the door and ringing the doorbell. He's not, this is not a drive through. She is not fried chicken. <laughs> that is what she said. <laughs> And um, I don't know what you all thought about this. I personally wouldn't care. Um, and I'm fully with Rory and Lorelai on this one. I think if they didn't talk about it beforehand, then there's no reason as to why he should come up to the front door and ring the doorbell. So Emily forces them to wait. She says, don't go to the door and don't go out wait for him to come up to the door. Um, 
And so they're waiting for like a really long, awkward amount of time. And throughout that time, he keeps honking because like you can tell he's impatient. And I feel like the more he honks, just the more pain I feel because I can just see Dean losing points in the eyes of Emily and maybe even Lorelai and Rory. Maybe Emily is influencing them and making them think that Dean is not a proper guy or something like that. But once he actually does come up to the door, because he does, uh, he rings the doorbell a billion times and he comes inside and Emily greets him because of course Emily would want to meet the guy that was honking for five minutes outside. And once he leaves, Emily ends up asking Lorelai a whole bunch of questions about him and whether he's a good kid, um, whether he drinks and all sorts of questions like that. And Lorelai insists that he is a good kid. And yeah, so Rory and Dean, they left, as I said, and Lorelai's back is still acting up and Emily can tell, um, like a good mother, she can immediately tell something is wrong. And Emily really insists on staying with her all night, pretty much, to take care of her. And as we see throughout the rest of this episode, I think Emily um, really just takes that opportunity to care for Lorelai um, as if she were a child again. And I think, um, I think Lorelai really opens up to that and um, I can actually get right into that part of the episode now um, specifically um, like what I was describing for my recipe of the week how Emily made Lorelai some mashed banana on toast and apparently this is something that Emily had made frequently for Lorelai whenever Lorelai was sick like as a kid and Lorelai said it never tasted good. It always tasted disgusting. <laughs> and I guess Emily had never actually tried eating it herself. And um, one of my favorite moments of the episode is when she does taste it and <laughs> she finds it absolutely disgusting. <laughs> and I loved her reaction there. Another thing that I loved is they watch old movies together and um, Lorelai is pretty much falling asleep on the couch and this is much later in the evening all the while Rory and Dean are at the dance and of course I will talk about what happens there but yeah and I think Emily also kind of strikes up the topic of Rory again and she talks about how lovely Rory looked and you know, even though there was this whole debacle with Dean coming over and how that was a little bit imperfect in Emily's eyes, you can tell that she, she that's kind of just water under the bridge for her and she really does look on um, that earlier part of the evening very fondly and she's really just proud of Rory, I think, and also proud of Lorelai for making the dress and um, one of my favorite quotes is Emily says you did a lovely job with Rory and the dress and I wrote all in my notes because that is another like shed a tear moment where um, I just love when characters are really frank with each other and when Emily actually um, is able to compliment Lorelai's parenting, which, um, you know, is, is, I think Emily commenting on Lorelai's parenting style is a topic that comes up a lot in this show, and they do tend to argue about it a lot, or at least get into conflicts and, like, um, butt heads at that particular topic of parenting, so it is nice to see a short moment of appreciation there and Lorelai does end up falling asleep on the couch and Emily tucks her in and Lorelai says thank you mommy <laughs> so that was very sweet 
And all right, so let's get into what happens at the dance. And even before the dance, we actually get a quick scene between Rory and Dean and they're driving to the dance. And what's funny is that even in the car on the way to the dance, Rory is still on the fence about whether she wants to go to the dance. It's it's so strange because she's all dressed up. She looks really pretty. But she's saying to Dean, she says, we can turn back now or we can go somewhere else if you really want. Um, and then this is where um, she explains to Dean about how she feels a lot like an outsider at her school. And so it seems like even though her mom wants her to go to the dance, even though Dean is okay with going with her to the dance, she herself still feels insecure about it and nervous about it. Um, and I think it does all boil down to the fact that she is really different from the other kids at her school. And she references the movie The Outsiders. Um, and uh, I, th- I think the only thing that really gets her to feel more confident and convinced that she should go is when Dean says that she looks amazing. So, um, very cute moment. So they do end up going, and the dance itself, it, I guess because it's a formal, or they call it a winter formal, it's a bit more prim and proper than your average school dance, I guess. And on top of that, it's a fancy private school, so everything looks very um it looks like prom basically we get some funny kind of weird scenes between paris's minions i call them minions just because i feel like that's um what most people call um like the little side characters to the popular girl (laughs) but they do have names their names are louise and madeline or madeline And they come up to Rory and Dean pretty much immediately as soon as they enter the hall. They go up to them and one of the girls, I forget which one, is definitely flirting with Dean and asking weird questions like, how tall are you? You must be really tall. And yeah, but he really only seems to care about Rory, which we love to see it. Um, I was reading on a blog uh, a lot of the commenters. I I feel so weird talking about blog comments, but um, it's really my one of the only ways, um, aside from talking to you guys, um, it's one of the only ways that I can really connect with other Gilmore Girls fans. So anyway, they were saying that they really loved how even though a bunch of girls were flirting with Dean in front of Rory, he was able to just completely brush it off. I mean, he didn't show any interest in anyone else and he put his arms around her. And then they actually run into Paris herself and she is with a guy, um, her date. And um, it's not a guy we've seen before. Not that we've seen that many guys at Chilton other than Tristan, I guess. But she's definitely not with Tristan. Um, We'll get into them a little bit later. Uh, Rory and Dean start slow dancing, and it's very sweet, and they're actually being really romantic. Um, They're kissing on the dance floor, and Tristan is just watching them from afar, and he is actually there with a date as well. Um, He seems uninterested in her, Um, and yeah, he really just keeps staring at Rory for the entire night. So later, Paris's date ends up coming up to Rory, and we learn that his name is Jacob, and he, I, I think he asks her something like, is that your boyfriend, or are you here with your boyfriend? And she explains that technically Dean isn't her official boyfriend, which, I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. They haven't talked about it yet, but um, I think 
I, I understand that she's just trying to be honest, but if a guy comes up to you and asks you that question, they're obviously interested in you. And if you make it really clear that 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 guy is not your boyfriend, then they'll kind of take it as you're saying, oh, I'm available. You, you know what I mean? So I think she might have, um, I think she very easily could have just said, yeah, he is my boyfriend. And then Jacob probably wouldn't have ended up asking her for her phone number. Um, but it was just all kind of a weird mix of things because Rory is really confused now, of course, because Jacob is supposed to be there with Paris and I, because they showed up to the dance together, they seem like maybe they were dating or they were boyfriend and girlfriend. And so, of course, Rory's really confused because then why would he ask her for her phone number? Um, but then Jacob explains that he's actually Paris's cousin, which is a bit of a shocker, but also um, not uncommon for school dances. Um, if you, especially what's going on in Paris's mind, I'm sure she was probably spending all her time pining over Tristan and um, I'm sure she maybe was a little bit embarrassed to ask Tristan or something like that so she just decided to go with someone who she already knows who would maybe make him jealous and so she goes with her cousin. Oh, they didn't really show us whether it ended up working in her favor. I think it actually had the opposite effect because uh, Paris ends up um, getting really upset at Rory. And um, in the heat of that moment, Paris ends up um, saying very, very loudly, basically in front of everyone in the middle of the, uh, not really the dance floor, but in the middle of all the tables where everyone's sitting, she ends up, uh, admitting really loudly that she took her cousin to the dance. And of course, everyone's really shocked because she's supposed to be, I guess, the most popular girl. And there's a lot of pressure on her for that. And so she really embarrassed herself there. Not that bringing your cousin to a dance is an embarrassing thing. I just want to make that clear. Um, just around that time, Dean ends up suggesting to Rory that why don't they just start heading out? Because, um, oh yeah, I forgot to mention that Lorelai gave them a curfew of, I think, midnight. Which is funny because I feel like Rory kind of looked like Cinderella, so um, that was a, I don't know if that was a real reference to the Cinderella uh, fairy tale or um, story, but they have to be back by 12 and Dean just checks the time and he's thinking that um, if he and Rory just want some time alone, then they should probably start heading out now. Um, so that they can end up getting home by midnight. And Rory agrees, and while Dean goes to get the coats, he just kind of goes off. And um, that's basically when Paris comes up to Rory and starts huffing and puffing about Jacob being her cousin, and everyone hears her. Um, but on Dean's side of the story, he ends up running into Tristan on the way to getting the coats. And this is the moment that just kind of shook me up inside a little bit. It really changed the way I saw Dean, and I would love to know what you all thought, but let's get right into it. So Dean runs into Tristan, and they get to talking and Tristan is um, really, uh, what's the word? He's really talking down to Dean and he's um, patronizing him basically and um, 
it's it's because Dean doesn't go to a private school. Maybe he's not um, wealthy like Tristan. He is also an outsider. If anything, he's even more of an outsider than Rory is because at least Rory goes to their school, but Dean doesn't even go to that school. He's from a different town. He's um, um, not only is he from Stars Hollow, but he's also originally from Chicago. So he's totally new to everything. And Tristan really um, picks him apart on that point. Dean says to Tristan, well, Rory always says that you're a jackass. And Tristan says, I don't like your girlfriend or I don't like Rory. Um, And things really start heating up. Um, I think Tristan even says Dean is a poor farm boy or something, which I doubt there are farms in Chicago. (laughs) I don't know. But the point again is that he's really just talking down to him, making him seem like some simple or poor boy. Um, and on top of that, Tristan is being kind of touchy with Rory because Rory ends up coming up to them as well. She tries to kind of break it up and Tristan is basically like linking arms with Rory and is ready to just walk out there with her. Um, and that just gets Dean really, really fuming. And, uh, I, I think Dean for sure, um, has better verbal attacks on Tristan than Tristan does. Um, he says, um, I don't, I, I don't want to fight you because it would be like fighting an accountant. I'll call you when I need my taxes done. And that really sets off Tristan to physically push Dean. And then Dean says, you don't want to fight me because I'll kill you, idiot. And I feel like not only did the whole room go silent in the show, but I for sure was like, whoa, whoa, that's a little bit too far. That's way too far. You definitely don't want to say those things. Um, And I feel like that just further solidified how much of an outsider both Dean and Rory are, I mean, because Rory is associated with Dean in this instance. Um, And it was just a really bad thing. And um, it did kind of spook me a little bit. And and, uh, Dean and Rory end up leaving the dance together and they get out of there. But I am really, really curious to see what happens at school on Monday, whether people Um, are going to talk about it. So, yeah. And then after Rory and Dean leave, they end up getting coffee and they're walking around Stars Hollow. And this is where Rory ends up asking Dean whether uh, they are a boyfriend and girlfriend. And um, she asks him if that's okay or can you be my boyfriend? And he says... I am if you want me to be, uh, which is really cute. And then they end up passing by Patty's place, or Miss Patty's place, and um, they notice that she forgot to lock up. So they end up going inside, and um, I think her place is it's kind of like a barn, um, but it I guess it was remodeled to act as a dance studio, yoga studio kind of thing, because of course we know that Miss Patty is a dance teacher, and um, apparently she also has 5.30 a.m. yoga classes. This is a really memorable moment when Rory and Dean end up falling asleep, and they wake up the next morning, or they're actually woken up by Miss Patty's 5.30 a.m. yoga class and all the town ladies, they go inside and they're expecting to just start a yoga class and they end up seeing Rory and Dean just asleep on beanbag chairs, basically. Um, And it is a really memorable moment, as I was saying. Um, If I feel like this is something that you'll never forget is just feeling a lot of uh, 
I guess I feel really anxious for them because we know what's happening, right? She stayed out too late, or they both stayed out way too late, um, basically all night. And now um, they have to run out of the place and explain it to uh, Lorelai, or at least Rory does. And Rory ends up just parting ways with Dean and just running off on her own on the icy streets. And I was very nervous for her. But, um, yeah, she makes it home, and all the while, Emily and Lorelai are still at home, and they're just freaking out because Rory is still not home, and it's 5.30 in the morning. She's supposed to be back at midnight, so everything is panicky, and the stakes feel really high. I really like the pacing of this section of the episode, where we went from a really romantic moment with Rory and Dean walking on the streets and talking about books inside Miss Patty's place and just having a nice evening um apart from the (laughs) the fight with Tristan but it was fairly romantic for them and then all of a sudden it just switches the whole vibe changes um when they realize that they made a huge mistake um so yeah, the phone rings and Lorelai picks it up and it's Miss Patty who um, who tells Lorelai that Rory and Dean were there basically sleeping overnight and then Lorelai has to pass that news over to Emily who is of course also there in the house also freaking out and Lorelai says Rory and Dean were at Miss Patty's last night and Emily says, what is that, a motel? <laughs> Which is funny, but also it shows how Emily is basically jumping to conclusions. And um, I think Lorelai jumped to the same conclusion where um, they both think that they actually slept together. Of course, Lorelai and Emily as well, they're both nervous that Rory might get pregnant and Emily even accuses Lorelai and says that um, Lorelai ruined her life Um, I'm I'm sorry Lorelai ruined her own life and maybe Rory will ruin everything like Lorelai did which are really hurtful words and Lorelai you can tell that she's really hurt by that as well and they end up getting into a pretty emotional argument about control as a parent and how um, both Lorelai and Emily are trying really hard to control their own children and Lorelai is saying that Emily was so controlling as a mother and she just wanted to break free from that but Emily says right back to her she says obviously I wasn't controlling enough because you got pregnant and you threw your life away. Those are her words. Again, really sad, um, but also feels very realistic because I feel like a lot of the time in relationships or all different kinds of relationships we have in our lives, if we have arguments, we always end up arguing about the same things every time, or at least it'll start with one argument about one particular thing, but then... It will always come back to the same point and I feel like Lorelai and Emily always end up getting back to this element of control in both of their parenting styles but also Lorelai I guess is trying to justify her life choices. This particular argument feels especially stressful just because not only are they arguing but also underneath all of that there's this core (laughs) of uh, both of them just being terrified that Rory actually did make a a really bad mistake. Um, I use the word mistake because that's what Emily says. Um, That really explains why Lorelai always finds herself defending her own life choices and um, she um, she says that even though, I guess, even though her life took some twists and turns that she really was not planning for, she still was able to raise a good kid 
and she really has to justify that to her mother um and she actually kicks her mother out of her house and right at that moment rory comes in and lorelei still has not calmed down from the argument with her mother but also lorelei has some um some things to say to her daughter and she really blows up at her for being out all night and causing both Lorelai and Emily to worry a lot and Rory says you're just mad because I screwed up and it was in front of grandma and she nailed you for it well I don't think that's true who wouldn't be terrified especially with everything that Lorelai went through at Rory's age I mean and she had to raise her daughter as a single mother which is already really hard and um even though Lorelai has defended herself countless times that despite everything in her life, despite her hardships, she was still able to raise a good kid, I wonder if sometimes she questions that and whether she wonders if um, if she did some things a little differently with her parenting, parenting style, whether, um, whether Rory would um, be a different kid or or make better choices. I don't know. I think everyone has doubts like that. So I think Lorelai is very justified in the way she feels, and um, it's understandable that she got really mad. So I don't think it was just because Emily, quote-unquote, nailed her for it. If anything, I feel like having the argument with Emily and then having to argue with Rory, it's just exhausting, and that might have just compounded how angry and upset she was. And then, of course, Rory insists that she didn't do anything with Dean, they just fell asleep, and as viewers, of course, we know that. We're all sitting there and hoping that Lorelai will believe Rory because we literally saw that nothing happened. The only thing I will say, just as I slowly wrap up this episode, is that even though, as I was saying, Lorelai is upset and that's very understandable, I do find it upsetting and sad that she didn't ask Rory what happened. She didn't trust her. Just immediately (laughs) kind of blew up at her and didn't give her a chance to speak for herself. If I were Rory and I had just had a nice romantic evening, apart from the fight with Tristan, (laughs) and you know that she just became in a official boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, and that's exciting for her, but I feel like that nice romantic evening would just, all those memories would just be tainted by coming home to a really highly anxious household of people shaming her, basically, for something that she didn't even do. What would have been better is if Lorelai asked her what happened or trusted her when she try to explain what happened. So I I do hope at some point they do end up talking about the fact that nothing happened between them. Those things should be talked about between mother and daughter, um, at least in my opinion, especially in the kind of relationship that Lorelai and Rory have. Um, I feel like it would be really great if Lorelai talks about these things with Rory, or at least is available to listen if Rory wants to ask her questions about how to make a relationship healthy or what it should look like and those kinds of things. For my final thoughts for this episode, I would just say, um, well, one thing that I really dislike is the fact that um, this episode ended kind of on a cliffhanger, or maybe that's not the right word, but it basically ended with this argument between Lorelai and Rory and it definitely wasn't resolved. I really wish that we could have gotten some kind of closure, but this definitely feels like a more long-standing argument or long-standing conflict and topic that needs to be talked about more in the show. So hopefully maybe this kind of open-ended ending to the episode is a sign that we will revisit the topic of these kinds of relationships and struggles in the future. Um, So yeah, let me just pull up the title for next week's episode. It's called Forgiveness and Stuff. 
so I hope we do see some forgiveness and that's something to look forward to. I hope you all have a really great week or whenever I talk to you next. I know that the timing of these episodes has been a little bit irregular. It's really just been because I'm settling into my new job and trying to spend time with family before I'm left out of my own and, and um, just trying to savor those moments a little bit more. And don't forget, if you want to see pictures of all the food that I make for this podcast, you can always follow me on Instagram at my comfort show. You can, I don't know, I don't want to sound too desperate because honestly, just recording these episodes and being able to talk to you guys makes me pretty darn fulfilled. But if you do want to rate my podcast, that would be really cool. Um, and you can always email me at mycomfortshow at gmail.com if you just want to chat and I love meeting you guys. So thanks so much as always and talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.